episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. I am Triforce Todd, and I am freezing. <laughs> I want to make that clear. Uh, joining me today, I'm not sure if he's freezing, is Wario Will. Good morning, America, or whenever you're hearing this podcast, because here in America, it is freezing. So by all means, bundle up, get some hot, warm your pipes, and all by all means, stay safe out there, because it is going to be cold this, this Christmas. Ooh. At the time of this recording, it is currently negative two where I am right now, according to my temperature gauge. So, it cold. <laughs> I'm frozen. I sang Elsa earlier, and that is not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here in, in here in the east side, currently it's right only 51 degrees right now because of the the heat, um, the warm front. But it will be coming up cold in the, the Friday night for me. There you go. And also here, and also not sure if he's freezing, is Skull Kid Scott. Absolutely freezing. There you go. It's like, that's right, I do not suffer alone. <laughs> you All can right. you can enjoy knowing that I have to make sure my pipes don't freeze. <laughs> mm-hmm. My internal pipes are freezing, does that count? Uh <laughs> it's a body joke, ladies and gentlemen. Uh we have an interesting show for you today as we get ever closer to the end of the year, somehow. Mm, yeah, can you believe that? We're three days away from Christmas, gentlemen. Like, how? Why? I don't know. It does feel like so long ago we actually had a, a third co-host that was, oh, I don't know, somewhere in a distant memory yeah. that we began this podcast, and now, bam, we're <laughs> like 300 episodes plus. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah. Oh, well. But, of course, we're going to all start off with what have you been playing? <laughs> Not much. Not for me, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in that weird position where I'm in a lull between games because I, 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 of course, had Pokemon to review, and then I had Miles Morales, and I know, I know for a fact that I'm getting Persona 5 Royal for Christmas. <laughs> Not that hard to guess, and uh, you can very easily see the size of a Switch package on uh, on where all the presents are stacked, and it's the only Switch game I asked for for my dear mother, and she was supposed to get it to you for my birthday, but she goes, why would I give it to you for your birthday if you're already having another game to play? I'm like, because I need it. And she goes, well, thanks for Christmas. Like, <laughs> oh, boy. Oh and boy. then, this is not a joke, my Christmas plans have changed like five times. And they might change again. Who knows? But it was going to be a small get-together, bigger get-together, biggest get-together. And then today, my mom leaves me a message while I'm working. And it goes, oh, yeah, the weather's coming in, so like half your – half." We all just decided let's just stay home for Christmas, and so it's just gonna be you, me, and Dad on Sunday. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like not sure how to react to that. And yeah, so we were supposed to celebrate me, Mom, and Dad on Saturday, so I would have had Saturday and Sunday to play Persona Five. But now I have to wait until Sunday night to play Persona. So it's just like this game, which has taken me forever to get, <laughs> is just like slowly getting delayed even further <laughs> <laughs> yeah be that season as well like again with parents how do you just like oh okay like again things happen things happen that's that's the yeah, uh, and, short of it and, and for the record i'm not mad at my family for basically canceling the family christmas it's cold all right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the last thing we need is you know them getting locked down I, I, okay for the record my family mm-hmm. well one side of my family is very spread apart and the other is really close together but even with us being close together, that's still, you know, a, a couple hours of driving to get to us. And my Aunt Tina, she lives in Florida. So she has to, you know, get on a plane, hope it takes off, hope it lands, then get to where she was going to be staying, and then drive to us. That's a lot mm. of traveling in a potential super blizzard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At below 
zero temperatures. So <laughs> I'd rather she just stay safe. I mean, I hate, I mean, Flor I almost said I hate Florida. I don't hate Florida. <laughs> Any great in Florida, but Florida is crazy. This is canon, all right? So I'd rather her stay warm in Canada than freezing in Illinois. Okay? Uh, okay, I'm also going to break the fourth wall here a little bit. Uh, there was a girl I had a crush on, and she lives out in Cali. And I go, and she was making a joke about being alone. And I'm like, well, you could always come visit me in Illinois. And this is like December. And her exact words, and I'm quoting here, are hell snow. Huh. Yeah. Uh... yeah, she just, she just, she can't handle the snow, and I, and I don't blame her. I can barely handle it myself in my apartment with no heater. But it's like that's another reason I'm single, ladies and gentlemen, is that the girls that I do like, well, <laughs> there's always a reason, isn't there? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> trust me, that's just one of many crazy stories. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm fine with my family being safe versus you know risking it all. Oh, we'll get together another mm -hmm. time. It's fine. But I just I was looking forward to Saturday night to playing Persona, and now I have to wait another day. So it's like, really? It's like, oh, Tony, you could just buy the game. I'm like, well, I did. I had six <laughs> games coming out in October. Do you remember that? I had six <laughs> games coming out. I had to review a bunch of them, and I wasn't gonna spend an extra fifty for a game that I knew I could probably get for my birthday. Then mom said, oh, let's get it for you for Christmas. So there you go. All right, there was a reason. Get off my back. <laughs> I can hear you complaining, Tyler. I can hear you out there in the multiverse, all right? And it's like, oh, Todd, as a Sonic, if you were as much of a Persona fan as I am a Sonic fan, shut up, Tyler. <laughs> the three copies of the game. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine that Tyler would actually have three copies of the game. I, I have a feeling he would do that. Oh, yeah. he, he's gonna have, he has Sonic Frontiers Part 1, which is what he plays. He has Sonic Frontiers Part 2, which is right next to his bed. So he can always get, so that Sonic can be the last thing that he sees at night, and he's got part three, which is perfectly framed on the wall, so that when the time comes and this becomes in his mind like the greatest game ever, he could sell it for a really high price. So mint condition, I'm talking about. Okay, so Tyler's smart enough; he he knows how it works. Anyway, <laughs> notice how it went from the cold to my lack of a relationship to us ragging on Tyler. That's how fast things can go here on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but uh, aside from not playing Persona, I've, of course, been diving into Fire Emblem Heroes, which <clears throat> has the Tempest Trials. I went big on uh, the recent banner, and so I have, like, at 550 orbs, which is the lowest I've been in a long time. <clears throat> I'm, like, slowly recouping, and it's fine. And then I forgot to play Tempest Trials one day, and I'm like, oh, no! And I'm like, wait, why am I stressing about this? <laughs> I have so many other things to stress about. I'm worried because I did play Tempest Trials for an hour. Like, I'll make it up. I got a buffer, dude. Like, I hate it when I do that. Like, I'm so... I'm not like Tyler or Will Blood Pact addicted, but it's I've gotten to a routine where the, when the Tempest Trials comes, I have to play it an hour a day. I find the time so I can get the hour in, so I can always get the orbs to get the 5,000 points so that I will be ahead of schedule and I know I will get all the orbs possible for the end. Like, right, that's how right. bad it is, all right? I've been playing the game for so long, I know the routine I need. I know exactly how long it takes me to get through a level, to get the 500 plus points so I can get to the 50,000 by the end, all right? That's how bad it is, all right? I, I need help. I, mean, I already knew I needed help, but I need more help. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and also, uh, like, yeah, you also mentioned in this course, but well, I'm curious regarding to how your summon session was, was went. You said you had pretty bad RNG. Oh, uh, no, that was two banners ago. Oh, uh, okay, okay. The, the, new, I... the newer banner, the special banner, uh, Christmas banner. Yeah, that was it. Uh, yeah, the, no, the Christmas banner I did fine on. It was just I kept getting a nets. <laughs> I got I got Dorothea. I got five Annettes, and then I used the free summon to get. Who was the third? Who was? It was Black Knight and someone else. 
Uh, oh, Cordelia. Yeah, Cordelia Duel. And Selena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I decided to get her because I've always had a soft spot for Cordelia. Crom, you're an idiot for not, you know. Oh, but it's an unrequited love story. Shut up. Why would you do that to Cordelia? She deserves the world and Crom, but mainly the world. Mainly the world. Mainly the world. She also had one of the best, like, uh, scenes with Robin, where she's like, you know, I I love Crom. Like, no, no, I actually do love you, and I, you know, I I dedicate myself fully to you. Like, I love that. That was very Cordelia. But no, I, I decided to go. I chose her for the final one. I'm like, do I need a Santa Black Knight in my life? The answer is an emphatic no. <laughs> right, because again, you are the Ike Ike fan here. Well, so that, I mean, I didn't need Easter Ike. I mean, when that one came around, I didn't need him. And if I get him, it'll be fine. But I've got Radiant Ike, I've got Brave Ike, and I got Regular Ike. I, I'm good. All right. Oh, yeah, and I got Dark Ike. So, which is not I, canon. And I'm surprised you didn't even get Young Ike yet. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe I do. I, yeah. I've never, I've never liked the Young Banners. I honestly have not. I mean, just like. Do, do we really need the White Wing sisters in baby form? Like, really? <laughs> Someone yeah. thought so. so. Well, don't get me started. Let's be honest here. Like, what? Hey, I got a thought for you. <laughs> what female character shall you put in a skimpy outfit today? Moving on. The one that makes the most money. No. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that as becoming in the New Year's banner. Yeah, the, yeah, the New Year's one. Yeah, and then no, I'll doubt that as well. Like, since Engage is coming up, the guy we will be doing a focus on Engage. So this I'm waiting true. for that. Yeah. This is true. They're gonna be seeing more engagement. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, uh, save this podcast from your host, please. Alrighty, so I haven't played a lot, but I have been playing a few games. Uh, what was it called? One that's called The Book of Demons Hell Card. It's like a weird indie like card game. Wait, what's the title? The Book of Demons Hell Card. <laughs> okay, then. I got it because I was originally thinking of playing uh, Midnight Suns, which was oh. a turn based card game, but Marvel, but also RPG. There's a, there's a lot of things. But it kept having issues with playing the actual game, so I decided oh, okay. to do this game to get my card fix, I guess. And it's actually pretty fun. Um, you start off as just one person, and then you have like a starting deck, and you can aspire up to three party members as you keep going down the lair. Mm -hmm. And your goal is basically just to get to the end of the lair. Which I still haven't actually got to the end. I've gotten to like the second boss and then I die and have to restart. But just like any roguelite, whenever you get to a position, they'll give you like card unlockables and companion unlockables and stuff. Mm -mm, so okay, every yeah. after every time you start feeling a little bit stronger and you have get and you get better cards. So hopefully I get down. Plus it's just an easy uh gameplay on the Steam Deck. Ah, okay, 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 okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also returned back to Samurai Maiden because they did a huge update for uh, combat as well as dialogue changes. Uh, dialogue yeah, changes I that, that I must say were very essential to this game. <laughs> yeah, I I saw the news and yeah, that's like, geez, who on earth okay that script? I mean, look, I get it for pop culture reference and all that, but to reference that, look, I don't think feudal Japan references Gen Zs and boomers and young, like, what the Not heck? New, I mean, yeah. the fact that you're making Takai, like, the fact that you imagine that Takai Kuroda, the voice of Kiryu Kazuma of Yakuza, be saying these things <laughs> is, no! 
Honestly, it's actually hilarious to like see Nobunaga going like, "Oh, what the heck is Gen Z?" And then having your character explain what Gen Z means, and you're just like, "This, you know, if this, this... was in real life, this would feel a little cringe." <laughs> I mean, maybe in a very distant world in the Seven Kagura universe, maybe, but here is like, dude, it just doesn't make sense. It just it really doesn't. But it, it, so yeah, they, they changed all that to actually make it, you know, actual ages instead of saying like Gen Z and boomers, like, oh, they're like high school people, there's people in college, there's people that are adults, and it makes a lot more sense. And it actually, you know, seems a little better than out ra rather than trying to age itself immediately. Mm -hmm. it, like, yeah, I mean, we go, it can easily go back to the whole localization topic, but I'll just keep it short. But yeah, like, why is it that localizers can't just keep it as like as near to the original script as possible? I mean, come on. But, uh... lie, I thought it was absolutely hilarious when I saw the trailer reference it at first, because I was like, oh my gosh, are they going to actually like play into this or are they going to try to be genuine with it? And the fact is they tried to be genuine with it and that made it worse. So I'm so hap much happier now that they changed the dialogue to actually be, you know, more natural mm -hmm. instead of just them trying to put in all these like slang terms for characters and stuff. And it's just like, try to be not going to age well. <laughs> right. Like, try to be hip with it. Like, how you doing, yeah. little kids? <laughs> That's like... exactly what it felt like. Ugh, so, geez. yeah, they changed that. I haven't actually, I mean, I've noticed that it's slightly easier with combat, which means I'm guessing they balanced a few things. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I never really thought it was that hard. I, well, I mean, it was hard in the sense of when you fought like big bosses kind of a deal. Um, but that just basically forced me to have to level up a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, I don't know if that would have changed too much my enjoyment of the game because I still really hate their platforming in Samurai Maiden. <laughs> it's mm. not a good platformer. It's a good combat, like, action. But it's terrible with its platforming mechanics. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, that was... It was actually a fun return. Plus, I actually was fiddling to make sure that I could make it work on the Steam Deck, because Samurai Maiden does not work initially on the Steam Deck. And I finally did get it to work. Just required a lot of uh, configuration and installing a thing called mf install which basically just <laughs> makes your proton so to speak act as if almost like a wine emulator kind of a deal so oh. that it makes it think that it's on a windows executable rather than just a linux and it's it works a lot better now and i actually think samurai maiden is a great mobile game i mean it's on the switch <laughs> so if you want to play it mobile without having to do a bunch of configuration you can just get it on switch and play it there i don't think it's i don't think it's bad to play as on there I know the PC had a few frame dips when you get when there's too many enemies on screen, but that very seldom happens because there's not a lot of enemies in this game. <laughs> there's only one uh, one level that I had an issue with, and that's because they tried to make you fight four giant uh, skeleton demons, kind of a deal. Okay, okay. And that's the that's when the issues came for me, at least. Otherwise, yeah, Samurai Maiden is fun if you just want to focus on the combat, but when you try to focus too much on like, the dialogue, it was terrible, but they do a lot better now that it's a more natural-sounding dialogue and a story that sounds a little more natural. So the, the changes they made were actually really good. And I'm really happy that they did them, because, yeah, that was a... Uh, them trying to make Nobunaga be talking and slaying is kind of awkward. Yeah, I would not imagine the seventh Demon King of Heaven hit. The, yeah, just completely become that. Like, dude, <laughs> Mugio, like did so much better of Nobunaga. Ada. Heck, only Musha did an older Nobunaga. Heck, even uh, Sengoku Basra did a better Nobunaga. Yes. And, like, this, yeah, I will just 
yeah, purge this thing from my memory. I'll put Nogano <laughs> on Oda Nobunaga. So, yeah. Because I've never played this game, and the few things I have seen about this game makes me go, oh yeah, that's a Japan game. It's definitely a Japan game, and you <laughs> probably wouldn't be interested with just how they do their fan service. Yeah, there's, mm -hmm. there's a word. <laughs> that's what I learned just from the description. Lots of fan service. <laughs> oh, oh, Japan. I it's a fan you. service game that I'm surprised actually came to the West, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. Hey, hey, we got second Kagura, so like... That's fair. This is actually in that same vein, actually. <laughs> they have the whole they have the whole battle um damage and all the same. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Alright, Will, how about you? What have you been playing? Uh personally for me, I have been dabbling here and there for once, uh like uh once is uh obviously get to a final number heroes, which I actually did pretty decently in the in the banner and I actually got uh Christmas Black Knight in my first summon, which is like yeah, orange juice was definitely kinder that morning. So that's, that's... morning, Will. We talked about this last week. You've been getting like so many five stars in like your first draw and you get like uh, so <laughs> many characters. Like, stupid and I, and I hate it. Like, <laughs> I have to struggle or I get five Annette and then you guys like, oh yeah, like, here's a new character, here's a new character. Oh, it's all in my first summoning round. Shut up, well. <laughs> yeah, like two out of three. Okay, I'll take it. I don't need Cordelia. I don't need, uh, uh, what the other one? I forgot. Uh, but yeah, like it, it was very good and I'm thank thankfully I, I reached up my 50,000 points so I'm done with the Tempest Trials so I'm just like, yeah, just waiting for them. The new Legendary Band which is Legendary Shez of um, Fire... Uh, Fire Emblem Three Hopes, Demon which Chaz. interesting. It was an interesting choice, but of course, naturally, a lot of people wanted um legendary male core, and so like yeah, here that. But eh, legendary chefs definitely a good uh, top tier fire um legendary. So heck, if you want to pull them, by all means. And of course, naturally, I've been continuing on with my route with uh, Splatoon Three, just continuing on with um with uh, uh salmon runs as well as a little bit of a X rank battles. I'm currently right now at a catalog level sixty three right now, if I recall correctly. So. Almost there before I can retire until the until the Splatfest or like the next Splatfest after. So you continue on that. But the new game that I actually have finally trying out that want to try for a long time is a uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition or the first Mass Effect. And yeah, playing this thing on PS4, it was I get it. I mean, the, when it originally came out on the original Xbox 360, yeah, like I, I can only imagine how good it was back in the day, like how people so um enamored we're going to yeah the whole universe of mass effect like back when it was good yes <laughs> and yeah it's like been 84 the... years since it was good <laughs> yeah and like i'm kind of glad like with this like um the, the modern the modern uh conveniences like obviously the quick load times no longer for the long elevator ride so i could only imagine how it was back in the original it, systems it like and we understood it but it's like it's so obvious that it's it's like the infinite loading screen. And mm -hmm. It's like they start playing it kind of for last, and they reference it in the third game. It's like, do you remember when the elevator rides took like forever? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, they understood. I mean, Bioware was self-aware for a time. <laughs> they uh, they knew the the hiccups of gaming back then. Yes. Right. <laughs> At least they had a had a sense of humor. So yeah. yes. And yeah, like so it's currently right now. I'm just in my in. In the first part, we're going to Citadel, just like doing all these side questions, side missions and quests. I'm like, geez, Louise, like, yeah, you can really get lost in the in this first game. So I can only imagine. I actually did get lost when I first played Mass Effect because I did not know anything about where the heck I was supposed to go. Right, we right, right. On, uh, Citadel for like the first time. 
Right, even though like the maps wasn't really too helpful because like you easily get turned around. <laughs> the so... maps are not helpful at all in the first one. <laughs> they get right. so much better though in the second. <laughs> yes, thankfully, thankfully. So yeah, I'm just like currently finished up through uh, side quests. Just became the specter. So yeah, just uh, blasting through here and there whenever I can. So yeah, Mass Effect. Okay, I I, I finally get to experience what's so great about it, and of course like see what I missed since I I, I already got into it with Mass Effect too. So here's hoping I can finally see. I'm so happy for you. I really am. And I, during the summer, bought like a whole bunch of games on PC once I got my new one. Thank you, boss. And the the Legendary Edition was like 20 bucks off and Final Fantasy VII, no, no it was like 40 bucks off or something like that. And Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, Intergrade was on PC and I bought that for like 20 And then uh, Jedi Fallen Order was like 10 So it was like, I haven't touched Mass Effect because I knew I had the games incoming, but once I have a lull, which will probably be March next year, more than likely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm planning ahead, gosh dang it. Um, you kind of have to. Have yeah, to exactly. <laughs> well, like, well, wait a minute, what about the rest of December? I just told you I'm playing Persona 5. Oh, fine, what about January? Fire Emblem Engage. Okay, what about February? Octopath Traveler. What about March? Uh, possibly Bayonetta and then Jedi's Fall in Order, but those will be short games, we all know that. And yeah. then between March and May is the gap for uh, Breath of the Wild. Breath, I said Breath of the Wild too. Dang it! Uh, Tears of the Kingdom. So <laughs> that, that's the, that's the window. That's the window. Right, right, right. I, I I look forward to playing it again because it's been so long. Because I did not. Okay, I bought Andromeda because I got it for a sale, and then uh. hold on, my PC couldn't even run it. Like that was, <laughs> it was that bad. My PC was that bad. I couldn't even run it. And then I heard all the bad things about it. So I'm like, whatever. I blew fifty bucks. And I didn't, I mean, I felt bad, but it's just like, at least I didn't play this crappy game. And my Mass Effect memory is that a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, ta -da! Ta -da! <laughs> uh, I made a promise to myself, which I have broken many times over, uh, that I would never buy an M-rated game. It's a long story. There was a reason. And then Mass Effect, the first Mass Effect came out. And I didn't have an Xbox, but I had PC. And... They said they would get run perfectly on PC. I checked my PC could run it. And I I literally remember going into Best Buy. I said, Mom and Dad, I want to buy a video game. They go, okay, Todd. They go, no, 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 you don't understand. Just follow me. And so I showed them Mass Effect. And they go, is that the game you want? And I'm like, yes. And they go, well, what's the problem? And I pointed to the rating. And I was seven, 16 at the time. Okay, okay, okay. 16, 17. And I was just like, I know I promised I never buy an M-rated game. But I promise you there's a very specific reason this is an M-rated game. And you, you know I don't care about that stuff. I'm like, well, what's the M-rating, Todd? Well, there's a love scene in there. And they go, oh. <laughs> because at the time, that was a huge deal. Yes, yeah, it was. Like, you could call that controversial. Like, think about it, like, that was what was controversial at the time. That, I mean, and they didn't obviously show everything, thank God. But it, it was enough that you, you knew what was going on. It was a, yeah. A, a naked, like, daytime TV wasn't bad. <laughs> I mean, compared to where, like, certain things have gone, Will, anime, um, have gone, it's, you know, very tame, but at the time, that was like the biggest of deals that they were showing this interaction between Shepard and one of his female companions, or female Shepard with one of her male companions. So I was like, I explained that to them, and then I bought the game, and it was just like it was like this transformative experience, you know, <laughs> to the point that when I got into college, I literally did a report on Mass Effect Three <laughs> right before the game came out. I literally delivered it on the day of its release, and I go, I am doing this report right now. That the moment school is over, I am going to the store to buy Mass Effect Three, <laughs> and I got an A on that presentation, ladies and gentlemen. You did nice. right, I did. So, yeah, awesome, I, awesome. I am happy for you, and I, when I enjoyed the Legendary Edition, which I heard is like this, just this great, like 
quality of life improvement. And of course, they slightly adjusted the ending for Mass Effect 3. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> seriously, that ending, my gosh. But, uh, the beginning of the end in many ways. But I, I, I look forward to playing it again because it's, it's uh, up until that last, to the, uh, up until the ending, it's like this magnificent trilogy. It's basically Game of Thrones. <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far. I mean, it's a little more focused than Game of Thrones is, like if you really think about it. But I mean, sure, like it, it definitely peaked in number two. It definitely peaked in number two. Oh, yeah, two is two is yeah, two is the peak of Mass Effect. But Mass Effect three still has a lot of good things oh, yeah, about 95%. it. Ninety-five percent. I've always said ninety-five percent of Mass Effect three is legendary. Yeah. And then you get the ending. <laughs> All right. Uh, Though the good news is you don't have to deal with the whole Mako thing in the first one because oh, it's a lot uh, easier to drive. Don't remind me. <laughs> yeah. that, no, that I remember was a pain. Like, oh my gosh. Uh, and I know what y'all are thinking. Why are they talking about an Xbox PC game? Well, hey, joke's on you. Mass Effect is on the Switch. <laughs> true, true, true. Oh, yeah, it is on the Switch. Not the Legendary Edition, but the trilogy is. Anyway. All right. Uh, let's now head to the news because we honestly had a very interesting week in the lead up to Christmas. So it's time to go down the warp pipe. And first, Splatoon 3. There's been actually a lot of Splatoon news this week. It's been very interesting. Uh, let's start off with the big one. We have officially the next Splatfest topic, I promise. Okay? Not, <laughs> not a lie this time. <laughs> this is not an imposter. Uh? Uh? <laughs> the, the, the new topic is Among Us. Get it? Okay. Uh, the next Splatfest theme is Spicy versus Sweet versus Sour. Okay, <laughs> I guess. I mean, interesting topic to open up the new year, so... <laughs> I'm a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie. I mean, the the last one with uh, uh was the Pokemon Triple Threat, which, of course, I missed because of a Comic-Con. So thanks, guys. But, like, that was great. That was you know, fire and water and grass and where's your loyalty? I love that. And then this one's just... It's kind of tame. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, you're basic. There you go. You're basic. That, that's what it is. And... And then to prove this, when the topic came up, we all said we're on Team Sweet. Mm. <laughs> yes. So, but don't worry, we will do the settlement splat, and we will di dive up through, uh, diversify the topics. We've already got our picks, but it's just like that's how basic it is. Where it's like, oh yeah, we're on Team Sweet, like all the way. I mean, we'll we'll discuss more in and like when on on that uh, Splatfest weekend. But like the fact, like Team Spicy. Okay, like you other you other. Like really born masochistic, or you just want that capsaicin on on your tongue, all that. I mean, team sweet, you sure you gotta worry about getting diabetes, or team sour, or having have a broken mouth. So like, <laughs> it's kind of an interesting deal. It's fine. I mean, go back to the basics. Fine. I mean, hey, I'm still waiting for that money, money versus love versus materials. I don't know. So <laughs> like, once we have that, the praise bring back Tyler back on this podcast again. But yeah, just talk. Yeah, this topic is just like kind of something. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to talk to you, Scott. Um, I was just complaining about how the topic was basic, and you know they could have done better. And then Will goes right into like murder. <laughs> this is how these things are going to murder you. You know, you're either going to burn up because of capsaicin, or you're going to get diabetes because of sweets, or you're going to have no mouth because of sour. Like, should I be worried? Should I be worried? Only a little bit. I mean, it's just like I know, I know Will's out there sometimes, but he would like write for the murder. <laughs> no, I was just complaining. He's like, no, these things will kill you. So like, yay, great topic. Like, okay. <laughs> I mean, someone's got to say it. <laughs> it's no, it's no. the anime world. No, <laughs> no that's, that's true. <laughs> so, 
All right, now that's not the only Splatoon news because there was a another honestly bombshell revealed by the team, and that is thus: Tricolor Turf War is about to get a change. So here's what's going to happen. As you know, the first three Splatfests, the 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 pre-launch one, then the first, and then uh, the Pokemon Triple Threat. Uh, oh, the island one. I was uh, trapped on the island. Uh, if you played Tricolor Turf War, you didn't get it immediately. Mm-hmm. You had to like work your way and hope, hope that you get into it. That's now changing. According to the, uh, uh, the official people at uh, Squid Research Laboratories, if you select Tricolor Turf War, you're just going to get into it. Okay. That should have been there from the beginning, but I digress. <laughs> and so, but if you've been wanting to play more Tricolor Turf War, you are going to be able to do it next time. Okay. Oh, all about, oh, one more thing. Sorry. The Splatfest is going to be from the 6th to the 8th. So, uh, kick off the new year with a Splatfest. That's kind of lovely. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then there is going to be a new uh, factor in determining the winner of the Splatfest. There's going to be a Tricolor Clout Meter. And uh, you'll earn points based on how well you do in the tricolor battles, with the uh, defending team getting points for doing well, or the attacking teams doing getting points when they do well. So it's now going to get even more complicated. Yeah, <laughs> like, I still remember back to the days when Tyler was complaining, like, gotta have a point decimal system like that, and it actually that implemented in a point decimal system back in Splatoon 2. Yeah. So now here in tricolor turf wars with tricolor tricolor clout. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, players on the leading team and the halftime report will get more tricolor clout when defending, while players on the other team will get more when attacking. So, yeah, a little bit confusing there, but remember, it's good. It's... Just, for the Pokemon Triple Threat, they cho- they adjusted the uh, the rating, rating system again. Remember? Right, they added uh, more category points, which, yeah. again, uh, Team Blastoise blew, yeah, Team Water yeah. blew away perfectly. Yeah. So, the sweeps, so I wonder how it's going to be affect here, yeah. And, and to be clear, I'm actually happy about this ma- ma- majority-wise because a, I want to do more tricolor battles, when <laughs> and I actually hated like selecting it, going into a turf war, and then hoping that the next one uh, would be a tricolor because you keep rotating your team in the process. You don't stay on that team when you were doing tricolors. You kept rotating until you got into the tricolor war, and then uh, then you would hope you got a good partner. So. I, I'm glad that they're 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 changing it up, and I'm sure it's because of fan feedback. So, props to Nintendo. But yeah, next Splatfest, sweet, sour, and spicy—not in that order—is uh, <laughs> for me. It's always gonna be uh, sweet, spicy, then sour. I don't know why. I just I've I've done sour things before. It's just you know, I I don't mind the spice. My dad will break out if he has any spicy food. That's just <laughs> a, a one thing I'm glad I didn't get from his genetics. Anyway. <laughs> so for, uh, the sixth through the eighth, uh, they'll be, they'll probably get the uh, shirt applic the shirt uh, stand app next week. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah, they just said like, you can find you can see the convo at the end on tw- on December thirtieth. Yes. There you go. All right, moving on to triangle strategy. Uh, we have gotten confirmation that the game has crossed one million units sold. So congrats, <laughs> Team Asano, uh, the team behind the game. And I, I want to talk about this for two reasons. One, I'm just glad I got a million units. I love the game. It wasn't a good Octopath. Uh, I've discussed why on the show. But I'm just, uh, you could tell they put so much effort. Like, they were trying <laughs> so hard. 
to make this really special, and I feel they did. They checked over themselves, but that's just natural. You know, things things happen, okay? And, and I'm glad. The second thing is that, if you recall, the game was at over 800,000 units two weeks into its life back in February. Right. Okay, 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 okay. So, it took a long time <laughs> and a PC port to get that extra 200,000. Now, it could be that this isn't like we didn't just reach a million it could be we got in like a month or two ago and they just didn't report it or whatever but it like this is what happened with bravely default too as well like that game had like a big launch and then it like the sales for it dropped like a stone until it limped to uh one million so i'm not sure why that's happening hmm. but it's curious for sure I mean, if anything else, obviously being on least on PC ports as well, like leasing on Steam definitely helped out, no doubt about that. Yeah. And like, I guess maybe it's due to the whole, um, I don't know, maybe if Nintendo and Square did uh, a, a timed exclusive thing like they always do, generally do. So maybe that, but now, now here crossing that milestone from from the other uh, console uh, PC releases, I think that may be the prior the prior reason why it like kind of get uh, gain a little bit more steam. Or one or another reason is that of course naturally getting ready for um Octopath Traveler two, they might as well see like what was the previous game and see like yeah see what the hubbub's about maybe. Gained more steam. Well. <laughs> gained more steam. All right, and just to. To praise Team Asano even more, here's their uh, track record, for lack of a better term. Octopath Traveler 2, or, or sorry, Octopath Traveler, over 3 million units sold. Bravely Default 2, million units sold. Triangle Strategy, million units sold. Live Alive, over 500,000 units sold, and that's a 25-year-old game. All right, remember? And that one gets a pass. Okay. <laughs> a 25-year-old game that no one probably remembered. I'm surprised that Keith did. He's like, yeah, that was a big game over in Japan. I'm like, really? And... So that one did really well. All of these were the 2D HD titles, except for Bravely Default 2. Um, so A, 2D HD titles are doing really well. People really love this style. And I have no doubt that Octopath Traveler 2 will be a big seller at launch. Because um, that's now an established franchise. People will want to play it. And uh, maybe that'll get them into the other Team Asano games. And, uh, and apparently, the Asano people don't have the biggest budget. Because I hear that 2D HD isn't cheap to make, but I, <laughs> that's from them. Like, I remember them doing an interview. It was like, yeah, this isn't cheap to do, okay? Like, I mean, sprite art is definitely hard. I mean, sure, it may look simplicity, but, like, sprite art, like, even, like, from what I remember talking to other people in the fighting game community, like, yeah, sprite work back in the day, like, Street Fighter and that sort, it's it's a lot of work, sprite work. Yeah, so it's a lot that. of work. It's With 3D, we now have where you have take a lot of effort into, like, a single model, and then that model you can just basically use animations on. When it comes to sprites, you have to basically just do a whole new sprite, like a new model every animation for that sprite. So it's not just like yeah. you have one sprite. That's why sprite sheets are a big thing because you have to like redo that thing over and over and over with a bunch of new hand-drawn part of it. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. pixel art is very difficult in comparison. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, heck, you can't you imagine how it was back with the Mario days. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you have to remember, they're not just making like the character sprites. They have to do the environment. They have to do special effects. They have to make it all, you know, blend it all together to look good. Uh, uh, Sakurai did one on this. It was like, don't think the trees are basic. You know, don't just draw a tree. You have to make them look alive. And he showed yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. step by step from going, here's a basic tree. Here's the leaves. Here's the shadows. Here's the gradients. You know, it's like six steps to make it look like an acceptable gaming tree. And now, 
process that across these big worlds, which are 2.5 HD, you know, it's it's a lot of work. So mm-hmm, hopefully mm-hmm. these great sales will give them a bigger budget so they can keep cranking out great titles. Because I'm loving their RPGs. Like, without a doubt, I am loving their stuff. I mean, I'm just wondering if Square Enix kind of acting spare some of the budget with all the like all the money they're trying <laughs> to take off from their customers. I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't be that guy. But yeah, I mean, Square Enix should obviously be investing more into this kind of game instead of the Chocobo G- GXP, which they canceled for yeah. after five seasons. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like nine months after release, they, they're done with it. Like... <clears throat> <laughs> and, and of course like, like you know clearly these games are doing great and you know they're trying to make final fantasy pretty emo so maybe if those games right they even, like because like i remember like just recently we got announced from square enix the pixel remasters of final fantasy like the, those eat the basic and collector's editions on their site immediately sold out so yeah i mean i'm, I'm like people you can still actually order um Octave travel 2 on their site so i wonder yeah like Priorities. What the heck, Square Enix? We'll see. Uh, all right. Uh, okay, let's skip that topic for now because I want to say that for last. Uh, Bayonetta. <laughs> yeah, he, he knows what I'm talking about. Bayonetta. Uh, we have gotten some interesting insights into Bayonetta Origins this week because the team at Platinum Games have made some uh, blog posts where they talked about how uh, the game came to be and why you should take an interest in Bayonetta Origins, Teresa, and the Lost Demon. And the first one came from Hideki Kamiya. And he noted that uh, the game, quote, this game is based on a brand new gameplay experience, different from anything in the Bayonetta games so far. We created Bayonetta Origins, Teresa, and the Lost Demon with the hope that fans of the series to date will enjoy this unique take on their favorite heroine and also endeavor to deliver an unforgettable experience to players who may not be comfortable with action games or even players who are unfamiliar with the Bayonetta series in the first place, end quote. So that officially confirms that, you know, this is not going to play anything close to, like, the, to the main Bayonetta titles, which is fine, and that they're using this to kind of bring new people into the <laughs> franchise and possibly get them to try the all the other titles, which are all available on Switch. Yes. So, and I appreciate that, because this is very clearly a different game, which brings us to the uh, uh, d- new director of the game, uh, Abebe Tenari. Apologize if I'm saying the name wrong, sir. Uh, he noted that he actually played the first Bayonetta game when he was in high school, and that led to him going to Japan to learn game design, and then it applied to Platinum Games. So these releases matter, ladies and gentlemen. This is this sets up history. And then he goes, quote, they had secretly begun working on a spinoff showing off a different side of Bayonetta. Back when she had no guns, no infernal demons under her control, and was lacking even her signature swagger. Imagining the potential for new types of gameplay born from these limitations, I knew I had to be involved. I wrote a, per- I wrote a proposal for the game, and after a couple nerve-wracking presentations, I became the director. <laughs> See? Dreams do come true, ladies and gentlemen! <laughs> and uh, he went on to note that the, the purpose of the story is to really focus on the young Ceresa and how she became the Umber Witch that we know. Including the que- answering the questions of how did she summon her first demon? Why did the demon obey Ceresa instead of like you know eating her? I'm just saying, uh, spoilers. But uh, <laughs> what and what does Ceresa have to go through to become the Summer Witch and and so on and so forth? And he's invoking the feel of a fairy tale to really make it stick in the minds of gamers. So this is gonna play different, look different, sound different, and yet it will still tie into the greater Bayonetta lore, which is why they're making the title so that you will maybe get interested in trying out the main games after trying out the origin story. So, mm-hmm. 
it's definitely an interesting take to say to nonetheless. I mean, now going away from the action final that we all know and love of Bayonetta. So here, like, at least what they showed off so far is... Yeah, like, I'll give it a shot, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm always one to try new things, especially if it comes from play, Platinum Games, because, again, you can't go wrong too much with them, so... No. If well, it, well, okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Square, recently, apparently. But, <laughs> I, I think, remember, they made a terrible Legend of Korra title, and that one was like... Uh, yeah, that was a shame. That was a shame, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> anyway. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that one that's coming out on March 17th, and... As Hideki Kami would love to know, this is like a very young team of game developers getting their shot. And I kind of wish that we would get more of this in our gaming society because, especially nowadays, everything's so focused on, you know, the next big title, the next big franchise. And then you see like someone like Team Asano coming in and go, no, let's make like an Octopath Traveler. Let's make, <laughs> you know, let's make Triangle Strategy. <clears throat> And then these guys are like, hey, let's make a completely different kind of Bayonetta game with Bayonetta Origins. Yes, it's Bayonetta, but it's going to look and play nothing like the originals. And that's creativity. And I want to see more of that in my gaming space. All right? Sure, sure. I 100%. mean, again, right, right, right. We're going to like, don't we don't need monotony. I mean, sure, it's nice and safe. But again, you got to shoot your shots sometimes. Yeah. And remember, Hideki Kamiya wants nine Bayonetta games. So, <laughs> yeah. Does this count? No, does... I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> I, mean, I say it does because again, it is in the lore of Bayonetta, so and, I and, think and, so. And Bayonetta is in the name, so maybe. All right. I, again, he wants to make the whole Bayonetta universe like the MCU, so yes. Well, he's already got the he's already got the multiverse in there, so that's not gonna be. We already much. started the multiverse. <laughs> so, yeah. so where's the Infinity Gauntlet? Okay. All right. Uh, next up, this is an unconfirmed story. I, I actually reported on it for another website. Uh, a guy. Uh, who has reported various gaming news in the past says that the Nintendo Switch has officially crossed 119 million units sold. Now, as of right now, I still haven't been able to verify this in any other sources, so take it with a grain of salt. But assuming that it's true, it'd be a really weird thing just to randomly say on Twitter. I'm just saying, like, even with all the fake stuff going around, I was like, yeah, hey, I heard Nintendo sold 119 million Switches. Okay? Like, fine. But... If this is true, that would make the Switch the third best-selling system of all time. The only two it's behind is the Nintendo DS and the PS2. Mm, all right, all right. I mean, if, here's hoping that, like, because I, I, even as much credit we give it as that, Nintendo Switch is definitely the console to get. I mean, like again, with the, the recent numbers ever since it launched all those years ago, back in, like, 2016, 2017. No, 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 that's... Uh, I, I forgot. It's been a long time now, sorry. sorry. But, uh, yeah, it's... If it can reach up to even to PS2 numbers, like I just got own guess that shows you like how big of an impact this this system is. And here's hoping from Nintendo that's a cue to I don't know maybe upgrade it a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to know how high Will's voice went right there. I I, 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 don't, know. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, I I don't, I don't disagree. Um. I'm happy if this is true. I'm, could it be true? Yes. The last numbers came from the end of the last quarter, which was the end of September. It's, you know, almost the end of December. Black Friday happened, which we all know gives, like, massive Switch sales, especially with all the deals going on. So, but 5 million from October to now, that would be a big jump. I'm, I won't lie. But it, we all know it'll cross 119 eventually. That's inevitable <laughs> with how well the Switch is selling. Uh, even with the next-gen competition and all that. So... I hope it's true. 
if it is and we hear from Nintendo soon enough, that'll be great. But uh, just the just the thought that Nintendo went from oh they're going to we're going to die because of the Wii U sales to hey we have now the like one of the best selling systems of all time, like period. Mm, if it can re- reach up to the stars. Good jump. <laughs> like yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a pretty good jump. Like we've we've seen the bounce backs before, right? <laughs> and uh, now for the record, one, one of the reasons I'm I'm a little curious about this is because if this is true that would put it above the ps4 which is at 117 million at last check so you know take this as you will but uh even when it does when it does surpass the ps4 that's a huge achievement itself because the ps4 was such a successful console for sony Mm -hmm. yeah 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 so the slim models and all that the battery life all that i'll I'll give props to sony for that one yeah 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 Yeah, and then so for nintendo to top that the literal technically the same generation slash next generation it's it's complicated because they they cut the wii u's life short for good reasons and for it to you know that bounce back was huge they've had they had a bounce back with the gamecube to the wii but even that was you know the 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 gamecube was successful it just wasn't as successful as it could have been you know compared especially compared to the ps2 and in the and then the Xbox 360, uh, no, sorry, the Xbox. So this was like people were saying Nintendo was gonna die. They were saying that Nintendo had like one round left in their chamber and they better not miss. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> nope. Now they're making money. They got capital. It's Prince money. So I feel bad for them though, because now, much like with the Wii, they have to top this, and we all know what happened the last time. Yep, yep. So here's hoping they don't go too, too. I mean, I I would say yes, go for the innovation definitely because again, you got a, a hybrid console system right now, so nobody's gonna top that aside from the the whole quote unquote competition from the Steam Deck, which yeah, like sure everyone's comparing it to the powerful Switch system, obviously, but again, Nintendo they they always done their own thing for better or for worse. Yeah, and and even on the Steam Deck, as and I meant to mention this while Scott was talking about it, it. The Steam Deck clearly has problems. It does. It has compatibility issues. Yeah, the compatibility issues is the biggest one because, like, when you get a Switch game, whether it's from the eShop or from the cartridge, you know you can play it. It's never guaranteed. (laughs) I mean, that's just that's just gaming. That's yeah. That's gaming, not just Nintendo. All right. I mean, we've we've seen like how many other games like Gotham Knights like not work on all these other systems or Cyberpunk and all that. Yeah. So that's that's a gaming problem, but. When Scott was saying, like, oh, yeah, I had to, you know, configure some files, I had to download a new program, I'm like, I don't have to do that with a Switch. The worst thing I have to do is, is get rid of some memory and so I can download the <laughs> new game. And that's that's a second's full process at most. So what Nintendo should do is take the Switch, keep the mobility, up the power, up the battery life, like, seriously. Like, the battery life, is, uh, yeah. But uh, up, up those two things. Um, ensure Joy-Con drift, which we will talk about soon, does not happen with the sequel, and make it clear that this is an evolution and something everyone should buy. In other words, don't call it the Switch U. Uh... <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, we're gonna switch. How about you? Get it? Uh. uh. <laughs> anyway, so either way we we know nintendo's doing well this this holiday season we reported like they were doing incredible in the uk or whatever a few weeks back after black friday and then the christmas sales are still going on for a few more days so we we probably will get a number soon enough not at the beginning of the year so nintendo's doing fine the switch is doing great and nintendo's not dying anytime soon also 
uh, Hideki Kamiya actually made a, a post recently, I don't remember where, but uh, he said, you know, even though the Switch may not have the best ports at times, or you have to, the devs have to lower the quality to make it fit on the system, it's still a mobile console, and I enjoy that. <laughs> like, yeah! Yep, 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 yep. Like, there's a reason the Switch sells, and that's because I love the idea of taking the games on the go. I don't always do that, but I have the option. <laughs> and yeah, that's like, the yeah. important thing. Yeah, and the I, best way to even play, uh, like, for example, Final Fantasy Crisis Core to reminisce of the PSP days is on the Switch. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch, Will. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up. Okay, this is a smaller piece of news, but still fun to talk about. Uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. See, I didn't say Breath of the Wild 2 this time. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom got its official ESRB rating. It is rated M for Mature. That's right. It cites that Will, or sorry, Will. Yes, Will will decapitate people. <laughs> I mean, that's inevitable, but it's not going to happen on this podcast, thank God. Uh, no, Link. Okay, I can't, I can't even do the joke now because I, I said Will instead of Link. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wonder how. Oh, just tell us how you're feeling, dear, dear good host. <laughs> well, if, if you must know, I, I've, I've, I've had troubled dreams as of late. And, no. uh, the real rating is E10, which is not surprising at all. It no. Says it, got, it says it's got mild violence and suggestive themes. Okay. Like, that's new. Like, let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, that in Ocarina of Time, Link basically had a harem. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Pretty okay. much. Yeah, all right. He had uh, Sarisa. He had Zelda, technically. He had a Rudo, who was who kept calling him husband. And then, uh, who was the, uh, sh uh, not the Sheikah, um, Gerudo. The, uh, the Gerudo who oh, was oh, her. Oh. She said, she literally, and I'm basically quoting here, she goes, huh, if I know what kind of man you would have grown into, maybe I would have kept my promise. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> yeah, they were not really subtle in the, in the, in the N64 days. That, nope. That's not subtle. That's not subtle at all. So, uh, oh, and you could, you could include Malin in there if you wanted, you know, because he saved the ranch and all that, saved her father. So, yeah, Link's, you know, kind of a pimp. So, I, I'm not surprised by the suggestive themes that we shall potentially get. So, but the reason this is big news uh, is that if they're getting the ESRB rating, this basically confirms like the game is basically done because you don't get the rating until the game is done and can be reviewed by the ESRB. Yep. So, remember, the game is coming out May 2023. I know there's a specific date. I can't recall it right now. But uh, that's good. If it's done now, then that means you're just refining it. They're going to fine-tune it. And then hopefully when it comes out, it'll be a nice, beautiful perfect game and not a raggedy mess like Scarlet and Violet. Yes, please. I mean, Adrian, I, I have no I have no um, doubts with you. We can want to make a great game like Isle of Sakurai. So yes, by all means, do not do a Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. That's what I beg of you, Adrian Numa-san. Can we, can we just... I honestly want to talk about this now. Could you imagine the backlash? It, it, it would not recover. Would not I, I feel like like maybe it would take a long time to recover, but it would take a long time if they would like release a buggy mess like for uh, license like beloved like Zelda. Yeah. yeah, and for the record, we remember we said we love Scarlet and Violet, but it was so buggy, and it's still buggy. Yes, know? yes, it is. I, I saw a, I saw a Twitter post the other day, and it was a Penny's Eevee bag, which is adorable. For whatever reason, it decided to do like uh, the hustle. Even though Penny wasn't moving, and it's just like the like the bottom of the bag is just like spasming, and Penny's not doing anything. It's just the bag going on its own. It's like how? And this is just one of the Penny bugs. But the other thing for Zelda is that we've been waiting 
being generous, over three years for this game. Because remember, it was officially confirmed in 2019 at E3 when we got that small teaser of the of Link and Zelda in the Underground. So yep. we've been waiting for three plus years, no real updates. Then we get the trailer, getting pushed back to 2023. Fine. If they delay it this much, and then don't deliver the quality that the original that Breath of the Wild was, oh, they're gonna get crucified. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The fact that they even do something to Legend of Zelda like this is like, yeah. I mean, it's not even like Link's crossbow training bad. It's like at least that was playable. <laughs> but... Yeah. But like, and, and here's the other thing: we won't have a Pokemon company to blame. This isn't. This is pure Nintendo. All right. So if Nintendo releases this game in a buggy mess, because <laughs> yeah. the expectation, I mean, and, and I know it's somewhat unfair, but the expectation is it has to be at the bare minimum as good as Breath of the Wild. Oh, for sure, for sure. And for then sure. elevate it, you know? Like, that. that's why I was so disappointed with Scarlet and Violet in some ways is because it had everything to be the best Pokemon game. It was just so glitchy. And I hated that because, I mean, Arceus was a huge step forward. This could have been that next great step up, a leap even. And they... They didn't do it. They didn't take the time. I would have waited. We would have waited. The 10 million sales would have been there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we would have waited. So hopefully that does not happen with Nintendo and and, and uh, Tears of the King. We'll say Breath of the Wild again. Dang it. Uh, Breath of or Tears of the King. Dang it. Just say it again. <laughs> I keep, I'm so used to saying Breath of the Wild. I'm not just used to saying Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom will hopefully be fine when it comes out in May. Fingers crossed. All right. Here's another Nintendo problem that uh, they may have to worry about. A uh, company in the UK that is called, and I'm not kidding here, is called Witch, W-H-I-C-H, with a question mark. I don't know why you want to call your company that, all right? It's it, it, it not something that just flows in a conversation. Now, what's your company name? Witch. Which what? No, Witch. Which company? No, Witch. That's our name. Like, why'd you do that? So they determined in, a, in an independent study that the Joy-Con drift issue, which I have suffered from, uh, Will, didn't you suffer from it too? Many times over, there especially on my pro controllers. They, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. They determined that it was a uh, a, uh, a, a a design flaw. So something that Nintendo knew about more than likely, and then um, just like just didn't talk, just didn't care about, and approved anyway. So they are determining whether to potentially sue. Nintendo, if I, read it, if I remember correctly, and they are asking for a refund for anyone who could prove that they had to buy new Joy-Cons because of Joy-Con drift, or that Nintendo has to fix all the Joy-Cons that are sent into them about Joy-Con drift, which they do not currently do, I think. Like, there has been a lot of stories ever since Joy-Con drift more or less came to existence, and like many, like even I talked with, with uh, Boss Keith about this, like, yeah, you can actually technically do send your broken Joy-Con drifts um, to Nintendo, but of course, paper shipping and handling, but yeah. mail it in, yada, 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 and like, you do get them fixed, or, or even they just straight up replace it just for the sake of it. I mean, I, I got my legendary uh, Zelda, Zelda Joy-Con, so there's no way I'm gonna throw in that, like, no way in heck. So, like, yeah, it's kind of weird with going to Nintendo's repair policy. They only do Joy-Cons and not like any other Pro Controllers, because which that really stinks because I went through so much already. So with this, Nintendo, again, Switch, we're trying to figure out. Heck, even Sakurai is dealing with Joy-Con drive. You saw how many uh, Pro Controllers he had to go through, even like third-party controllers. So yeah, I don't know, Nintendo. Yeah, maybe they, these people got something on you that they have a case against you. So, man, man. 
Look, I, I will never forget my case of Joy-Con Drift. At first, I just thought, like, I did something wrong, or I hit, like, a setting or something, because my, my controller kept going to the left, or my character kept going to the left. And so I would, like, I would do, like, the SNES thing, right? I would take the <laughs> Joy-Con off, I would blow into it, and then I'd slide it back on, and it would be fine for a while. And then eventually, like, when I'm playing Smash Brothers or certain other games, it would get so bad, or I would go into a pause screen, and my uh, my reticle would go, like, screaming to the left. Yeah, 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 yeah. And eventually, I just I complained about it on the Discord. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get new Joy Cons. Like, I, I got the drift. Like three days later, I get a package from Keith, and there's my Joy Cons. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I can't. One eight hundred, call Keith. <laughs> thank you, boss. I also okay. just want to thank you for also getting my uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak uh, Pro controller. So again, thank you very much, boss. There you go. Yeah, Keith is the best. But uh, <laughs> but like still like that really bothered me because like those are the Joy Cons I have my original Switch and granted they last me like five years but mm, 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 mm. I don't remember replacing my GameCube controller I don't remember replacing my Nintendo 64 controller or my Wii Motes okay okay hold on I did replace my Wii Motes but that was because I got the uh, Zelda Golden version uh -huh. you know, for the 20th from uh, Skyward Sword Special Edition so like yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, yeah. that was just a logical evolution all right that wasn't because my Wii was broke so. And, and I've heard so many stories about Joy-Con Drift himself, from Will, from people online, including this this uh, company from the UK, feels that this is such a big issue that Nintendo really need, needs to, like, you know, refund the players. I'm not saying they will, and, and Nintendo said that this happens at a very small percentage. I'm not sure I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all know Nintendo has been cheap in the past. I mean, we would just look at how they handle esports. <laughs> but this is a... Uh, this is still an issue that's. This is like one of the very few down points about the Switch outside of the, uh, you know, the battery life and the graphics mm -hmm. design. So, I'm not sure how, what's going to come of this, but it'll be interesting to see how it unfold. All right. Next up, we have. Uh, okay, this is a fun one. This is this is this is lighthearted. So let's let's have some fun with this. Toby Fox, ladies and gentlemen, the mastermind behind Undertale and Deltarune. No, we do not have an update on the next Deltarune chapter. Shut up. Um, laugh, dang you, laugh. <laughs> if only. Yeah, if only. <clears throat> um, I'm sorry, did, not, did I ruin your day? Ah, ha, <laughs> But yes, uh, we got, uh, Toby Fox sent out an update in his latest newsletter, and he said, quote, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have released. I had the honor of making a few songs for the game. Terror Raid Battles, the Academy Ace Tournament, and of course, Battle Zero Lab. I also composed Area Zero, which was rearranged by my friend uh, Go Ishinose. I probably butchered that. I apologize. Uh, I also composed a majestic theme melody for the song Academy. Surprisingly, this ended up as a feel theme for the whole game. Mm. Uh, those so all songs using the melody were made by other amazing composers. I love the soft piano version that plays at night. Anyway, that's all I did. End quote. Uh, that's really cool because I know the theme he's talking about. I'm pretty sure it's the da 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 da. Like I love that theme. That was such a great track, and then, and some of the other music, the terror raid battles with like the ah, <laughs> you know, that was great stuff. I'm pretty sure it just Smash Brothers on accident, but you know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> uh, you know, he, this is why I don't mind, you know, bringing in that extra person to you know kind of spice things up because clearly the guy knows how to make music and make games. I mean, mm. there's a what, what's the Undertale song, Megalovania, or uh. Ah, uh, I, I love it, love it, love it, love yeah, it. Yeah, that's what's called Megalovania, right? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. So like that's a classic song. Kenny Omega used that song in AEW. It's a classic. It's a classic moment. Look it up. Um, 
but yeah, this guy clearly knows how to make music. So let let the guy have some fun. And, and the fact that he made so many tracks for the game is really awesome. And maybe this will inspire them to, you know, go make uh, other collaborations with people. And hey, I'm just saying, bring back Ed Sheeran. Okay, I know it wasn't the most popular decision. <laughs> I like the Ed Sheeran song, okay? And, you know, he clearly loves Pokemon. And just... Just make it about Pokemon next time. Yes. Make it about. Let him go full tilt on an actual Pokemon song. Let him have fun. Okay. Just now you know. Heck, have him team up with Toby Fox. Imagine the possibility. Oh jeez. Now, now you're making me want to wish things now. Wish, wish, dang you. <laughs> wish for it. So, but uh, so if you, if you've got his newsletter, you've already known about this. If not, now you know. And knowing is half the battle. Moving on. Uh, G.I. Joe reference for all of these. Did you get that? <laughs> I know I am old. Shut up. All right. I uh, feel that. What was that? I feel that. <laughs> I am old. I am cold. And I used to be bold. I used to be. I used to be. All right. Uh, this one is actually for all of you listeners. And I really mean that because we are in the Christmas season right now. And that means that we have all sorts of sales going on across multiple stores and companies and Amazon and such. But. Another place you can get sales is the Nintendo eShop. And in fact, I know for a fact that multiple companies like Activision Blizzard and Square Enix and certain others have like massive series-wide sales on the eShop right now. Yes. Yeah, and not only that, but these are like sometimes major discount sales. All right? Sorry, got hiccups. Uh, for example, you can get, you know, I'm just going to look it up. I, I have it on one of my sites. But... They're, like they have multiple discounts for the Final Fantasy franchise, Spyro, Crash, uh, Diablo. Um, there, there's a lot. So if if you and they're, and I'm not talking like you know five dollars or even ten dollars at times. Like some of these have like twenty, thirty, forty dollar discounts. All right, it's it's really big. So if you're looking for some special sales, you have options. Uh, example, I mean, if you did, if you missed it, the Black Friday sales or Cyber yeah. Monday, by all means, this is your second chance. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for example, uh, they have multiple Crash Bandicoot bundles, and the one of them has all four mainline titles is only forty-two dollars. It was down from sixty, so you're getting four games for basically ten bucks a piece. That's pretty good. Um, the Spyro trilogy is only sixteen dollars, which is a twenty-dollar price drop. Uh, you can get uh, all of the Diablo games except. Uh, the good Diablo games, I should say. Screw you. <laughs> um, for under $30. There's arcade games you can get for $10. Uh, for Square Enix. Uh, what was the one? I was, uh, where is it? Uh, oh, yeah. The multiple Final Fantasy titles on the Switch are under $25. Or, or have are $25 off. You can get Crystal Chronicles Remastered. 7. This regular 7. Not the remake, obviously. Uh, 9, 10, 12, and 15th Pocket Edition, which is an abomination. So don't get that. Uh, okay, I want I want to pause on that because you weren't here for that, Scott. One of the games I really wanted to play was uh, Final Fantasy 15 on Switch. There is no reason they should not have had it on Switch, but we yeah. got the bloody Pocket Edition, and I know I can get it on Steam now, but that kind of defeats the purpose, now doesn't it? I wanted it, yeah. Final Fantasy 15 on the Switch. All right, <laughs> jerks. And then of course we get Kingdom Hearts Cloud Edition, which is also on sale. Do that at your own risk. Uh, the one I do want to promote is Neo: The World Ends with You. Mm. It is currently only thirty dollars. Oh, damn! damn, damn. So that's 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 really nice. Yeah, it's basically fifty percent off. So go get that. It's a really great game. It was my game of the year last year, and it's seriously go get it. But anyway, 
uh, there's multiple companies that are having these sales, and uh, I've only barely touched on the games that are available, and some of them are half off, 30% off, 40% off, if not more. Some of them you get for under 10 bucks. So if you're looking for some more game experiences or some cheap gaming experiences, go check out these sales on the eShop. You will find something for you. I guarantee it. All right. All right. Next up, this is for this one's for me. This one's emphatically for me. The latest season of Death Battle has come to a close. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, we had a Dragon Ball Fusion extravaganza. Uh, I won. Will lost. Obviously. <laughs> uh, go Vegito. <laughs> canon will. The yeah. are more powerful. It's canon. So, uh, <laughs> what I want to talk about is that I want to potentially discuss future Nintendo character matchups. Because if I recall correctly, we didn't have a Nintendo character in Death Battle Season 10. Uh, if we did, I don't remember it. And the big one I want to talk about is we need a Fire Emblem character in Smash Brothers for the love of God. Right? <laughs> and they've talked about it. They know that the franchise is out there. They've talked multiple times about getting a, a Fire Emblem character in Smash Brothers. It just it never happens. It Something always stops them. And this, this season, especially with like the fan vote which just went on, um, they have talked even more about getting a Smash Brothers character, or sorry, a, a Fire Emblem character in, in, uh, in Death Battle, and I want to talk about potential possibilities here. Uh, a lot of fans want Dimitri versus Guts, you know, the Battle of the Berserkers. I am totally down for that. I have no, I am not opposed to that. All right. Also, I just checked there were no Nintendo characters this season. You monsters! What's wrong with you? Okay. They're biased! <laughs> They're totally biased! For the record, the previous season had Link versus Cloud 2. Yes, Link lost. It still counts. Alright? Uh, Even uh, if you lose, you're still part of the thing. Exactly! <laughs> like, if, for the record, if it wasn't for the Dragon Ball Fusion episode, all the Dragon Ball characters would have lost this season. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, Jackson, <laughs> Even technically, Dragon Ball still lost in the season finale. Anyway, uh, <laughs> another popular one that's been going around is Kylo Ren versus Edelgard. That's uh, an interesting one. Yeah, they they talked about this on the late on one of the latest Death Battle cast. It's actually closer than you think because of Edelgard's like final forms, like her, her what was it called the Revenant, not Revenant form, the one like where she transforms into a monster. You know that one at the, like, the end of Dimitri or Claude's route. Right, right. The following. Yeah. Like that one's like really hard to kill. Plus she's got magic. Plus we you can't just account for her having the axe. But all of her, all the magic she can learn through the through the teaching, because you, you know you can change classes on a dime. So she's got like Nosferatu. She's got special abilities she can learn. So it could potentially cancel out the Force. It's been implied. It's been implied. So like I'm fine with either of them showing up. Uh, another posit another one I saw was a uh, Siri from The Witcher versus Lucina. I know, that's, I know, but that's an interesting one. That is an interesting one. Um, you know, ch ch children of destiny, or shall I say, destiny's child? Oh. Oh come on! <laughs> come on! We got your fiance. Um, for a record, that was an honest trailer's joke. I did not come up with that one myself. Uh, so I've seen that one. I've also seen. I saw. I saw Lucina versus Mulan. Like that was a DBX one. So okay. That was, a, that was a very curious one. Uh. I mean, if you think about it, they both know how what it takes to be a man. You, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, I want one for Ike. I mean, you know I want Ike in there. You know I do. The one that I honestly thought of, and I know it's kind of a stretch, 
I want the Black Knight versus the Black Knight from Final Fantasy. You know, uh, Final Fantasy three. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Is that his name? Final Fantasy three. Uh, but yeah, because he was he was the Black Knight. He became the White Knight. And I think the Black Knight would be an excellent character because he's got the armor that can only be damaged by a goddess-blessed blade. So does that mean that nothing a Final Fantasy character could do could harm him? Because those we all know the Final Fantasy characters have OP power levels, okay? Yes, yes, but, they but, do. But would that matter against a guy who has the ultimate defense in his armor? And the dude is much faster than you would expect a heavy armor guy to be. Like, remember, he beat Grail easily and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and definitely one of the fastest yeah. units in fire emblem heroes yep, yep, yep. yeah so like i i i just want i just want a final fantasy character in there so bad i, I just i do uh <laughs> oh gosh i i'm really hoping and they kind of kind of imply they kind of imply that maybe i i don't know <laughs> I mean, regarding Nintendo licenses, is definitely like it's kind of unfortunately up up to the air with them. I mean, the only last one I can remember is indeed the Sonic versus Mario, and that was a great one. But yeah, regarding to other Nintendo licenses, I mean, again, we had Bayonetta versus Dante and forward and other things that had Luigi and Tails technically. So I mean, other games from the Nintendo licenses, yeah, I mean, Fire Emblem, as you said, I would love to see that, or heck, even other like i mean heck we even have uh yeah captain falcon versus johnny cage so oh, that was a great one that's one that's so, one of my favorites yeah so <laughs> i mean also i was right it was cecil but he's in final fantasy 4 i always get the confused with 3 because there was like the renumbering thing or whatever but yeah, anyway, yeah cecil was the dark knight who became the paladin and uh i was just saying the dark knight versus black knight you know, I think there's, I think there's ties there, and I just, I want to see someone take on the Black Knight, <laughs> and they, they, they can find the 3D models. I absolutely know they can. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, I just really want to hear like, know your place. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. It's like, do you want to die? <laughs> like that, that cutscene scarred me when I was like, that was the cutscene that got me to play Fire Emblem: Path of Radiance. They showed it in a mire on the screen. It was the demo. They showed him versus Gawain, and then just the sword plunge, and it's like, ooh, so good. <laughs> he was a great antagonist, but yeah. Please, Death Battle, give us a freaking Fire Emblem character in a fight. I will even accept if they lose. No, I won't. I won't accept it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, that would be quite something to like raise up the Nintendo fanboys or us. But I'll give props like their season opener. Like, I mean, Discord of My Little Pony versus what What was the other one? I forgot. And um, no, Cole McGrath versus uh, with, uh, with um, uh, Alex Mercer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Pro it's Prototype versus Infamous, and then Bill Cipher from Gravity Falls versus uh, Discord. Discord from My Little Pony. Yes, we're getting a fourth My Little Pony character, ladies and gentlemen. You are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, the current My Little Pony record in Death Battle is 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Okay? Rainbow Dash beats Starscream. Pinkie Pie tied with, Death with Deadpool because no one died. And then Raven beat Twilight Sparkle. And now we're going to get Cypher versus Discord. So there will be a change in the rankings. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Death Battle, ladies and gentlemen. Also, this is a, a funny thing. Uh, Edelgard's got a matchup. Dimitri's got a matchup that people want. No one has an idea for Claude. An archer? Mm. I mean, there are tons of archers in hold gaming. On, hold, on, hold on, a sassy archer. All right? All right. <laughs> this guy is like Machiavellian genius. Devious, I mean cunning. Devious, cunning. You know, but he's but he's also flirty. You know, he's like, oh, I can possibly have an idea. And like, remember, he he's the one who dances with the the 
Byleth, no matter what version they are. That's canon, all right? He dances with them no matter what gender they are. So, I don't know. I just I thought, found it funny because like, everyone was like, oh, yeah, Edelgar and Kylo Ren, plenty of connections. Oh, yeah, Dimitri and Gus, they're both Berserkers. What about Claude? Uh... <laughs> Maybe Green Arrow? Yeah, Dimitri versus Green Guts, Arrow. no way. No way with Guts. No. Wait, what do you mean no way with Guts? Uh, I thought you mean Guts of Berserk. That's really? Just... You want you want Dimitri to go against Guts against Berserk? I think you're underestimating Dimitri. Mm. I know he has the Berserker armor, but remember, Dimitri, like Edelgard, would have access to Nosferatu, which would drain him. Plus, he would have items like Elixirs, which mm. could fully heal him, versus Guts, who has no healing items whatsoever. Mm. Remember, the, gut, the Berserker armor just keeps him together. It does not heal him. That's the difference. Yeah, man, 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 man. So, anyway, and it's just they're they're the berserkers, they're the wild boars with with massive with massive weapons. So it it, it and with desires for revenge. So it lines up. Yeah, man. But uh, the bigger question is if uh, Edelgard can counter the force. I don't know because it's about abilities. So whatever. But uh, please, death battle, give me a Fire Emblem character. Like everyone was talking, hey, I want Bowser versus Eggman. Why? Why would you want Bowser versus? Eggman? <laughs> Did we get that already? No, no, we got Bowser versus Ganon. Oh, Ganondorf versus Wily. Oh, uh, okay, 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 yeah. Okay. So, but no, everyone's saying, like, oh, I want Bowser versus Eggman. Why? <laughs> let's, let's, let's stay away from the Mario characters, all right? We've had Peach, we've had Mario, we've had Luigi. We had Mario twice because of the Sonic rematch. Uh, we technically have DK, we was technically a Mario character. We, we've had enough, all right? Let's, let's get the Fire Emblem characters. We need representation, dang you! Also, someone wants Shulk versus Lightning from Final Fantasy? Like, I can see that. I can see really? that. Really? Interesting. I mean, again, like they're they're tra 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 well, time travelers, quote unquote, oh, yeah. and yeah, time travel, I suppose. All right, all right. And finally, for the news, we must go to a sad, sad story, ladies and gentlemen. After 25 years of traveling eight regions, multiple subregions, and the Battle Frontier, among others, Ash Ketchum is finally ending his journey in the Pokemon anime. Now you might remember. That we reported a few weeks ago that Ash was going to continue. Well, we were half right. Pokemon Journeys has uh, just ended in Japan. They had their final episode. There is going to be an 11 part miniseries called Pokemon Aim to Be a Master, and it will wrap up the journey of Ash Ketchum, basically having him finally answer the question what does it mean to be a Pokemon Master? Because it's clearly not about catching all those Pokemon. That's supposed to no. <laughs> it's yeah. not about catching them all. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's literally the theme song. Ash, do you not hear your own theme song? <laughs> anyway, uh, but yes, he is he is departing, and we already have uh, answers on who is coming next. It will be a complete reboot starring two new protagonists named Liko and Roy. And they will be in the Paldea region. We even saw a small clip of. Uh, I believe it's Liko getting her Pokemon at the Academy, which I actually I do appreciate. That's an interesting starting point to go off of, completely different from Ash. And some people are already speculating that Liko is Ash's daughter. Yes, <laughs> that fan theory. That's because of the whole marking on the on her hairpin and Just Ash's the hat originally. Yeah. Which, which is the same one, which is basically the same one in Ash's hat, or Ash's original hat. So, <laughs> and they're already saying that she has Serena's eyes because they are. Because it's Pokemon. Here we go. <laughs> I'm just saying, Ash and Serena forever. All right. <laughs> the kiss is canon. 
it's canon. They didn't show it full, but it's canon, all right? <laughs> I, I saw someone promoting Dawn just because she was there in his final battle with Leon. I'm like, I'm sorry, Serena was in a contest, and Ash was not going to ask her to come and in a contest. Like, he's too nice for that. They right? both have their boundaries. Yeah, <laughs> they, have, they have their own lives. That's just, but the, the point is that they intersect later. I'm not getting into this. This, this could be a whole main event topic about why I ship Ash with Serena. <laughs> I mean, they... wrong when you think about this, because I don't do shipping, and yet I ship them so hard. Again, the Pokemon fan is rabid and i mean i'm talking to you so it's like it's, again the fact that one like after 25 years again when we when it first came out like the thing you would live this long to like finally see ash's journey and like that that hits right in the heart i mean like from the original veronica taylor to the new new of va like also they, they both gave their perspective on like seeing um, ash's journey and it's just like wow we're we're finally here but like is yeah it's pretty much this like i'm getting the same feeling as the ending of supernatural like they had the road so far and now we're finally almost there and like yeah i mean i, I still want because like even at that ending episode we see like many callbacks to the og ones like again the og pokemon you see butterfree again like all those things like you grew up and even if you left pokemon long after season one like you see these are like oh man it's uh, i don't know how i'm gonna feel and like one many people are just wondering how, what's gonna happen with team rocket like are they gonna be the protagonists anymore like antagonists anymore like what's gonna happen to them do they want want to get get them to get married in in the manga or like something else entirely i don't know like a lot of questions remain to be unanswered in these next 11 episodes so i can only help but wonder what is indeed gonna happen i mean yes gonna be blue and to see like answer that question and like what else what's gonna happen see professor oak see see her mom or see her see Ash's <laughs> dad like so many questions remain don't unanswered. say the cursed thing no <laughs> i don't know i just know that regardless of what's gonna happen i'm probably gonna have tears in my eyes because yeah. it's gonna be mm. definitely something that returns to a lot of what we've seen in like the first two seasons basically mm, 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 mm. i i was with pokemon from almost the beginning almost the beginning because i, I had my very Todd-ish quirk of, oh, this thing looks so stupid. Then I watched it. Like, this is the best thing ever! <laughs> Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Avatar, I think even did with My Hero Academia at first, uh, among others. But I, I fell, I fell in love with it. It became my life. I got, I've gotten almost every single color version of a video game that they've had, plus many of the spinoffs. Um, I have Pokemon attire. I have Pokemon jackets now. I even, at breaking fourth wall. Uh, our boss Keith offered to get us Christmas gifts as long as they were under a certain price point. I asked for a Pokemon jacket that I really wanted, and they were sold out. And so I go, well, what am I going to do? And then like the Pokemon news came out, and I go, you know what? Screw it. I want the Pikachu jacket just to celebrate, you know, and honor Pikachu before he leaves. And I already have an Ash cosplay, so I'm already honoring him. But I was like, that's what it means. And if I find a Pikachu plushie at my next Comic-Con I go to in March, I'll, I'll probably buy it and i've been there through everything i've been through every up every down every high quality season every low quality season, <laughs> um, every super epic season xyz um journeys is up and down but it has its moments and one of the most surprising moments for me which really ties into what's going to happen with the final of 11 episodes when ash won the alola league everyone reacted Mm-mm-mm. everyone reacted yes everyone like espn and, and major news sites it was like 
This is news. This was news. Our This protagonist that we've been with for now 25 years won this league. And everyone was celebrating online, even though it wasn't even translated yet. It was like, oh my gosh, Ash won the Alola League. He actually did it. And, you know, everyone's sports center and everyone was celebrating. And then when the world championship happened, well, the announcement happened, which I was at a Comic-Con with the voice of Ash, Sarah, she was there. Uh, and she was reacting uh, at her table when she found out. She made a video about it. It was great. But, you know, we celebrate Ash because he's been with us for, for so long. And so now that he's gone, everyone is reacting because he's he's been there. Right. And from the beginning to many childhoods, it's like, even, I don't know. I, I wouldn't go like comparing to the same league, but he basically, Ash is basically all the same leagues as um Steve of Blue's Clues. Like the fact he came <laughs> back and just remind us, I was crying. I'm sorry. I, 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 I would be honest. I was crying. That was a big moment. But like, so even going beyond Steve, like, I want you to think about your favorite TV show, your favorite cartoon series, your favorite, co- uh, I won't go comic book, comic books are cheating. But, <laughs> yes, they are. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, 75 years, 60 years, 50 years, it's a long time. But think about your favorite series ever. Ash has been around longer than that. 25 years. Like, I saw a chart. It was like, Ty was only around for one year, which doesn't really sound right, but whatever. Uh, you know, you, you look at all these other characters who've been like, for, like, multiple seasons. Um, like, like Scourge McDuck. Okay, Scourge McDuck is Disney. That doesn't count either. But... You think about all these great series, all these great, you know, live action series and cartoon series. Ash has been around longer than like all of them. You have to go like to soap operas, <laughs> which, which never die for some reason. To to get they only have like almost a hundred seasons at times. Exactly, and and they still find drama for these people. Like how? Like that is that really? Because their lives are that just that sad. No, it is, <laughs> it, it is that sad. But like he's been around forever. Like oh, great example, Yu Gi Oh. Everyone remembers Yugi. Like he was, he was the best. Like five, five really epic seasons. You know those very long seasons, the seasons nonetheless. And he was there for years. Ash beats him five times over. Yep. In terms of length, think of Beyblade with Ty, or 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 Digimon with Ty, and (laughs) different spellings. Um, you know they were there for a year or a couple of years. Ash is twenty-five years. There's a reason we're impacted by this, and I'm impacted by this especially, because I've been here for all 25 years. I'm old, gosh dang it! And But Ash has been aging with me. Oh, wait, no, he's not, because he's still somehow 10 years old. I'm not <laughs> over that. That's canon. He's still 10 years old somehow. 25 years hasn't aged a day. <laughs> I, I have no words. <laughs> I don't know. But it's... He matters. He matters. And so for him to go... For him to have these final 11 episodes coming out where we'll see Misty again and be back with Brock. And they actually even replicated the original Pokemon poster from the from the original season of the anime. The original season's poster had Ash, Pikachu, Misty, Brock, and all 150 Pokemon on the poster. The new poster has Ash, Misty, Brock, Pikachu, and every Pokemon Ash has ever caught. Here's yeah. a hint. It does not equal 150. <laughs> it does not equal, yeah. <laughs> it does not. It, I think it's close to 100. I think... And I'm Probably. Not all, I'm not including all 30 Tauros. All right, he gets one. Gets one Tauros. That's not one. count. <laughs> get one Tauros. Um, I still haven't seen that dang Safari episode because it's banned for some reason. Anyway, or the Poriagon episode, which is banned for a good reason. But he matters. Ash is eternal, and I will watch the new Pokemon franchise. Uh, let's just call it that. The new Pokemon Pokemon franchise when it comes out because I want to see what they do next. 
I want to see how they carry on Ash's legacy. Do I think that Liko is his daughter? I highly doubt it. All right. Because, A, that would imply a huge time jump. Not the worst <laughs> idea ever, but, you know, a little played out. And we all know that these regions just somehow simultaneously exist with us, uh, never knowing about them until they just happen to be in Ash's sights or someone else's sights. So I want to watch to see where it goes next, but I pray, like, Will gave the reference to Supernatural. Supernatural should have ended one episode early. <laughs> that that series finale. True, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Not I agree, I agree. tasteful in the many fans' minds, including myself. If they do that to Ash, we will riot. All right. <laughs> we, you, think we're, you think we're riot now, Will? If they screw over Ash in any way, they are going to suffer. Uh, so, I, I imagine. I imagine. But I will watch these eleven episodes with reference, and wherever they are on, whether it's on Netflix or whatever channel. If I don't care if I actually have to look up the dub or the the subs just to experience it i will because that's what ash and pokemon means to me it changed my life and it's still changing my life to this day at 33 years old yes i am old deal with it all right but i'm sad i'm so mm. sad because he same here same here ash yeah, yeah. means so much to me and all of his adventures and all of his companions and all his pokemon and like people are asking like oh what should they have done with the series of pokemon should he have caught eevee uh, <laughs> it's so stupid that he's been like eight eight and a half generations kind of sorta and he's never caught an eevee i'm like give him a gosh dang eevee all of his companions a lot of his companions got an eevee give him a dang eevee come on they could, he would have been the perfect one to introduce an evolution with oh yeah yeah, yeah. Not, not unlike what they did with rockruff and his his dawn <clears throat> anyway we got we got yeah. to get of it but <laughs> do let us know your favorite memories of ash and uh what you hope for the final 11 episodes of his of his career oh my gosh he's 10 years old and his career is over he's done <laughs> He's done at the ripe young age of 10. Child stars. <laughs> All right. And for our main event, which we're now getting to, uh, we're going to kind of piggyback off of something we talked before with uh, Bayonetta. Because the Bayonetta Origins is such a unique departure from the main series. Because, again, it does tie into things, but it's doing a you know fairy tale visuals, different gameplay, a different kind of feel of the story. And we're going to talk about what franchise what nintendo franchises we feel could get that spin-off or origins tale to really breathe new life into the series so gentlemen let's be game makers and i'm going to go first because i want to help really help set the tone here and i'm going to go for one that a lot of you probably aren't going to expect all right i would like f-zero origins <laughs> now i want to be specific about this because I don't want it to be just a racing game. Because that would be it'd be nice, because a lot of people want F-Zero to come back. But Keith, <laughs> Keith wants F-Zero to come back. But we need, we need something more. I want them to really dive into the origins of Captain Falcon. Because there's a, actually a really big depth to the character. If you look at the, the anime that was made, or the comics that Nintendo used to release. There's technically three Captain Falcons. And the implication is that every Captain Falcon eventually finds their successor and passes the helmet on to them. So for my F-Zero Origins idea, I would mix it with uh, a, a transition story. We, we, we meet the current Captain Falcon, but he's not necessarily the main character. He's someone who becomes a mentor or a partner to the next Captain Falcon. And so throughout the first game, we see this new character, let's call him a rising star in the, in the, in the F-Zero Grand Prix, um, trying to make his way through the circuit 
he gets roped into this big deal with Captain Falcon. The two have to work together to stop Black Shadow and all the other racers or whatever from stopping, you know, destroying the world, galaxy, universe, whatever. It's, you know, it's a racing game with anime ties. It happens. Uh, and then at the end of the first game, the original, the, the previous Captain Falcon dies and passes his helmet on to our main character, thus ensuring we have our Captain Falcon for the rest of the series or however long it goes. And I think that's that, that simple shift in tone. It'll still be a racing game, but it's going to have like you know deep story elements, you know, maybe some action sequences, not unlike a Smash Brothers, like Subspace Emissary kind of thing. And it'll provide a fresh start for the series. It'll give it a reason to be different from Mario Kart. They can still do like really big stuff with the with the multiplayer, and yet still have that core towards like this is about Captain Falcon and the legacy of a character. So in, in some ways, you could say this is passing the torch from the past Falcon games or the F-Zero games to the new one and hopefully start the series all over again. And fans really want this. Fans really want a new F-Zero game. Keith loves talking about it every time he comes <laughs> onto the show. And he, he talked about it so much he said he would stop because he's just he, it hurts too much. <laughs> and Nintendo is notorious for needing a reason to differentiate you know same genre franchises. Paper Mario! <laughs> 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 So here's your reason, Nintendo. We focus on Captain Falcon, but we still have the deep racing element, and then you set up the next games by creating the next Captain Falcon. And that way we have more of a connection to him. He'll be even more popular in Super Smash Brothers. And there you go. Let's make <laughs> F-Zero Origins. I'm I'm available. All right, I'm available. I'll be the writer, game designer, whatever you want. I'll uh, Let me help you. Help me to help you. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see some plenty of ideas regarding to F-Zero Origins. It's definitely, again, as you said, many people want anything F-Zero. I mean, yes, we got the arcade, but that we, that's the arcade. We want something for console. And, <laughs> like, yeah, <clears throat> the anime can only go so far, even with its meme material. Again, ever since with the Captain Fal the Falcon Punch. But, yeah, just... Anything at all, and of course, naturally, don't do a whole um, Mario sports game and a lackluster story mission. Story mission, by all means, flesh it out. I mean, heck, put all the cheese on it. Like, yes, make it cheesy as all heck, just so because one, it is Captain Falcon, and like, if you want to make a serious story, fine. But if you want to add some more cheese to it, I'm not against it. Like, any story with Captain Falcon or any other characters in the universe of F Zero could easily like fill in that void anything at all right now again we're we're that thirsty come on so yes okay i just want to note i did not say thirsty that was will i said excited i said hype i said desired he goes straight to thirsty of course you do will <laughs> i'm just saying I mean, are I'm, you surprised no <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i try to hope for better but i i'm really disappointed <laughs> Oh well. All right, and uh, so yeah, F Zero Origins. I'm big. I would love to be a part of that. I'll bring Keith along. I'm sure he'd love to be a part of it. <laughs> All right, now I want to go to Will next because he told us what he would do before the podcast, and I'm curious about where he's gonna go with it. So, Will, take it away. So prior to the podcast, I have already told my ideas to the guys here, and the origin games that I really want want the Nintendo to actually explore a bit more is indeed the World Splatoon. 
So as you know, we have three games now, and as with the sunken scrolls, you hear about like again the first war, like again when uh squids versus um Oct- octarians, we we hear about these different battles. Of course, naturally the the birthplace, like during the young days of uh Cap- yeah Captain Judd, Captain Judd, and of course even like the the quote unquote human interaction before the horde went to the went to the undersea, so. One thing I, I'm, I'm curious if they ever decide to make an, a Splatoon Origins game is like one, explore again. The, like I, I hate to uh, go for the, the the Mass Effect term terminology here, but basically go for the first Contact Wars, like the first Splatfest. Yeah, the Splat Splat Wars. Like have finally actually be there with uh with Captain with, with Captain Cuttlefish. Yeah, yeah, now I remember Captain Cuttlefish, Judd, like and of course like other girls like Sheldon. Yeah, I want to see them in their prime. Like, see if they were that great. Because again, the bamboos, bamboozler, if you know how to use it, it's actually pretty dang deadly. So to see Captain Cuttlefish utilize the bam, uh, bamboozler, uh, and anyone, I mean, yes, Sheldon is annoying as heck, but he knows his weapons. So yeah, and also like see um, DJ Octario. Like, see why was he like just went down here. I mean, there is an extensive lore if you look into the flavor text deep enough with the Sons of Scrolls and all these uh, YouTube videos currently out there. Sure. But how about really delve into it? I mean, if not going back to the shooter mechanic, <clears throat> I mean, I would all, I would be all for like, I don't know, they just to go full on XCOM a la like uh, Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope and go full on battle like tactical turn base or heck, even use cars like they do with the current uh, table t- uh, tabletop turf battles. So yeah, use those things to like really exp- fresh out the um, the lore of Splatoon because again, Splatoon lore is deep, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> so it's from all that, and of course, naturally see like I don't know. He, I would love to see I don't know how like the the young uh, off the hook Squid Sisters like see oh yeah, heck even see these pe- um the the current uh, stars of the divas of uh, Splatoon like. I don't know, young forms, how they beat, actually see them interaction. Like, sure, it is definitely a multiplayer uh, focused game. It is Nintendo's Call of Duty, but actually do something even better than Call of Duty. I mean, yes, Call of Duty has some decent stories, but actually bring a, a, a great story into your multiplayer game. And I feel like Nintendo can definitely make some great stories of like the first uh, Splatfest, the Splat Wars, and everything else in between. So how the Octarians became underground, how is it, like, why is it the, um, the world as it is? Uh, like, why is this, why do we have that uh, fax machine that is law and all that? So really explore, like, the really delve into the sunken scrolls but actually can actually allow us to inter- interact with it so yeah uh, that that's my idea of like having a splatoon origin game like i don't know splatoon zero that would i mean we do we have yakuza zero so i that would be a good title a splatoon zero to see like oh this is the first splatfest <laughs> so yeah all right okay i can see where you're going with that uh, there's potential there there's potential there i'm at honestly I'm not sure that, when they would do that. Like, it, it's a question about not just the, what they do. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Because they're still popular with 1, 2, and 3 right now, especially after the record sales of 3. And, of course, they'll be continuing with uh, DLC support for two years. So, yes, now, it won't be for a while if anything else. Yeah, yeah. But the potential is there. I mean, give it maybe Splatoon 4 and then maybe dive into the Origins, especially since we just had kind of an Origin story with uh, uh, the, the story mode. With three, but right, right, right. We're going to Grizzco. No yeah. spoilers, and yeah, it's like seeing right. the see like the the the, lo- the alternate logs, which yeah, it gets real dark real quick. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you, ne- you never know though. You never know. All right, Scott, 
What about you? Alrighty, so those of you who know my kind of taste in games might not be surprised, but those of you who haven't thought about this series in a while may not, maybe. So I was thinking of having a either spin-off or origin story of Golden Sun. Ah. We have not gotten Golden Sun on current generation consoles, and it is a crime. Preach! <laughs> So my thinking is because we see a big resurgence of like action replay or action RPG games that are utilizing traversal and magic systems and like open like world areas, I really want to see how they could implement a Golden Sun that way with like Synergy as being your version of traversal. I want to see you having like puzzles or climbing with vines. Like, I just really want to have that kind of just, like, aspect of being able to have, like, say, a third-person perspective and, like, a 3D environment of just using synergy and having epic traversal methods. Because I think it's a game series that I think that is super underutilized because of how cool the mechanics in the game are. And ultimately, like, exploring more of the gin, exploring more about synergy and the world itself is something that we need to have done. And I really want to see more Golden Sun in general, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree. It's the fact that even um, uh, what, what was his name? Uh, Reggie even says wants wants to play the Golden Sun game. I mean, that was a long time ago. So that a sequel, which a lot of people didn't really like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it wasn't the same as like the Lost Age, but <laughs> I I sadly missed out on the first two games, and so I was very eager to try the third one. I did not complete it. I mean, it wasn't a bad game, but it did. It didn't feel like it was you know, all, all that in a bag of chips, you know? So Yeah, it, it took a while for in, the, in the Dark Dawn before anything really started in Golden Sun. And so I can imagine that it probably turned off a lot of people just in the beginning hours of it being just so low stakes. Yeah, so uh, I know that a lot of people still have strong feelings about Golden Sun. If you recall, we uh, I told you about that fan-made trailer that uh, putting Isaac in the uh, Smash Brothers and the tower yes. coming out of the water. And like, that's how much effort they were willing to put into his reveal trailer. All right. So I, I man, if we could, if we could get back golden sun, that would be awesome. Uh, again, I don't know when or if, because let's be honest, they've had the time. <laughs> they've had plenty of time from our golden sun. <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I would love it. I mean, if, not, if nothing else, bring, and no offense to Will, but bringing back F-Zero and Golden Sun would just give Nintendo an even bigger roster again. Because they have, they have franchises that they don't touch. Yes, and yes, they do. F-Zero, <laughs> uh, uh, Golden Sun, Kid Icarus, like, let's be honest, they had 3DS game, but they've done nothing with them since then, despite, yes. the, Sakurai, despite the Sakurai teeth and that latest <laughs> uh, Sakurai over here be like, hey, I'd work on another Kid Icarus game. Wink, yeah. wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been for, I've been saying for years that I thought Donkey Kong would be getting another title after Tropical Freeze, but it hasn't. I don't know why. Um, I won't say Ice Climbers, because, like, that's been decades, but still, like, they're there are ones that they haven't tapped and having a new spinoff or an origin game to you know, breathe life into it would mean a lot. And there's no reason not to outside of fear because you got to try something. And like that was something we, we praised early on with the, with Nintendo with the switch is that they were throwing like every franchise out. At, you know, they were, they were not just relying on Mario and Zelda 
they threw in, you know, they had Splatoon, they had ARMS, they had uh, uh, Fire Emblem, multiple games, they had uh, all, Mario Party, and and all these other things. They, they, they tried to embrace all their franchises, but now, almost six years in, they're kind of almost running out. A oh, Metroid, obviously. <laughs> um, this will be the perfect chance to, hey, let's let's go back and let's try and recapture the magic that we had before. And why not? I mean, if it doesn't work, at least you can say you tried. It's only impossible <laughs> if you don't try. So why not try? <laughs> yeah, and I'm just reminded again when we're gonna get Metro Prime Four. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Oh, actually, I have I have Reggie on Reggie. Reg, hmm, Reggie hung up. I'm so sorry. Uh, but no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> when will we get it? I mean, wouldn't it be hilarious if like that's kind of like the Skyward Sword of the uh, of the the Switch generation, where it's like the last big game, and then it, but does it get like big sales because of it? If it is, then it will be a swan song game for the Switch. By all means, I'd be all for it. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but you know, like I seriously, they're gonna just like randomly pulled out. Uh, like, hey, Metroid Prime Four is coming out next, <laughs> next, or in twenty twenty three. When twenty three? Twenty three. They just, just, just trust us. It's twenty twenty three. Imagine then, them just like shadow dropping it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you, you never know. You never know. So. I mean, here's hoping with Retro Studios, like even with the small team, is like, yeah, they can something scrounge up something, anything. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's all these IPs and just yeah, from Golden Sun to like everything else. I mean, heck, I, even I make the running joke of Takahara's cat, Takahara's castle. Yeah, it's like yeah, bring that samurai game back. I don't know. No, no, no. That's that's the beauty of these games is that if you play it right, pun intended. Uh, if you, if you do it the right way. You can easily make something that revitalizes a franchise. We've seen it before, all right. Like uh, even Mario and Zelda have had down points, and then they bring in these new games and go, "Hey, like here's a fresh take on it." Like Breath of the Wild is a great example. You know, we had the 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 last new game was Skyward Sword, and it was praised at the time, but over time, people you know kind of not liked it. And then Breath of the Wild comes out, and they go, oh my gosh, this is what we needed the whole time. This is what we wanted. And now everyone's excited for Tears of the Kingdom. So you never know. It's possible. And the the opportunities and the options are there. It's just the question of, will you embrace them? Or are you just going to fear, like, oh, will they, will they like it? You don't know unless you try. And the only thing, the only thing we can ask, don't you ever do Federation Force again. <laughs> <laughs> True that. If you even try, if you even say like, "Hey, what if we do something like Federation Force?" You should be slapped immediately. Okay, <laughs> you have been warned. All right, and with that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. Ty, oh, gosh, I'm so used to it now. Uh... <laughs> Came back once, and now it's just it's the God. problem again. He's become that dad who went for a pack of cigarettes and never came back. Oh, oh, that's that's there's a death battle reference. Uh. <laughs> If you know, you know. But uh, yeah, D but do let us know about what franchises you would want to see in uh, getting a, an Origins or a spin-off treatment to kind of revitalize things or to give a new perspective on the franchise, like what's going on with Bayonetta Origins. Uh, let us know, again, about your favorite memories of Ash from the anime. Uh, are you going to check out those eShop sales and what games do you think you might get? Uh or were you one of the people who got a triangle strategy? And what do you think of the Splatoon 3 changes? Let us know in the comments below. So, 
for Skull Kid Scott and Warrior Will. I am trying for time. And ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not out of lives. We made it to the end of the level. So, raise the flag. Thank <laughs> you.